What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Mindset Podcast. We hope everyone is doing well and staying safe. Our guest for this episode is Dr. Abraham. She is the Managing Director of Development and External Relations at City Year Miami and a member of the Board of Trustees for Miami-Dade College. We break down how Dr. Abraham was able to use the jobs she had throughout her career to propel her to where she is right now. Dr. Abraham also chimes in on if college should be for everyone. You're going to want to hear her answer. Stay tuned. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Mindset Podcast. Today, we are joined by Miami native Dr. Abraham. She is the Managing Director of Development and External Relations at City Year Miami. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here with both of you. Dr. Abraham, before we even get started, we have a, a couple warm-up questions we'd like to throw at our guests just to get, just to get our, our listeners a little acquainted with you. Um, so the first one is, when you were growing up, was there or what did you aspire to be? You know, did you aspire to be an astronaut, a doctor? Was there something that you really wanted to be growing up? An orthodontist. That was like the main thing I was set to be. I thought it was a great thing to visit the orthodontist. It was fun. Um, so I said, that's what I was going to be when I was going to grow up. Nice, nice. I, that, that makes one of us because I, I never like going to the <laughs> orthodontist. <laughs> <laughs> the second question we have here for you, Dr. Abraham, is if you were left on a deserted island with either your worst enemy or no one, which would you choose and why? Definitely my worst enemy. I am a huge team player. So I'd rather be with someone else and figure out how to get out of the island with someone okay. else and have different thoughts. And I'm pretty sure by the end of the journey, whether that person really gets to know me and likes me or they can't stand me, but we get out of the island. So <laughs> play with my enemy. It's a win-win situation. It is. It is. I like it. Okay. Good interesting. Good answer. Yeah. After some time, I'm sure enemies become the biggest allies, huh? But good Absolutely. Answer. Good answer. <laughs> um, so, Dr. Abraham, you you have such a colorful resume all around. You've been in the education um, industry for quite some time. You know, being on the board of trustees at Miami Dade College, now part of City Year. Give our listeners a little bit of background and kind of how did you get to where you are today? Well, at first, like I said, I was really aspiring to be an orthodontist. Opened the first pre-dental association at FIU. Was very involved. But when I got to my interview at University of Pittsburgh, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be looking at teeth for the rest of my life. Like that was just not going to be me. Um, and my high school principal called me to see if I wanted to teach math and science. Those were like really big strengths of mine. And I said, sure, I'll give it a shot. Why not? Um, at that time, I was a substance abuse intake counselor. And even though I love helping people, that was just not my niche. Um, I went ahead and I taught here, in Little Havana, my old former high school. Uh, for a year, and I absolutely fell in love with education. I had no idea what I was doing, uh, but I did know I wanted to continue pursuing that. Went to pursue my master's in education in Norfolk, Virginia. I moved up north to Regent University, which was an amazing experience. Uh, taught in Norfolk, Virginia, uh, and that experience in itself with the mentorship, the professional development I had in education, and really getting a clear picture of what education was like outside of Miami, and in a school system that was underserved was the best um, springboard for me to be able to say, this is what I want to do the rest of my life. I ended up teaching in Howard County, Maryland. I moved again, uh, was married to military. So in the government, you move a lot. Uh, and then came back to teach here at University School of Nova. 
So with those vast experience and diverse experience uh, from teaching in Norfolk, Howard County, and University School of Nova, which that's where I ended up getting my doctoral degree, I really saw that all the students needed was, were resources. If you get them the right resources, the right support systems, they will succeed. The will is there. The, the passion is there. Yeah, a lot of them go through a lot of things, right? And, uh, but at the end of the day, the opportunities and the hope they have were fantastic. So I moved again after, so after four years teaching university to Washington, D.C. At the time, I was having my have three kids. Uh, and education became even more important because now I had to send my kids into the school system. And that was scary. Uh, because I had to choose a school and I was a little bit more uh, critical of to what school I was going to send them. So then at that time I said, well, if I'm going to send my kids to school, I have to be working at something that I'm extremely passionate about. And that's when I joined Springboard, which is a for-profit after-school program that we opened nationally. I, that's where I feel like I got my, my virtual or like my, my, my business degree because I understood what it was to grow a business, what it is to grow a small uh, like a, a startup, uh, which was very difficult when you don't have any resources, any connections, anything, and you have to start from the ground up. Mm-hmm. But it was so thrilling to be able to see it from us serving 100 students when I started to like over 6,000 students when I moved three years after and came to Miami. And then I came here to serve in Miami and I consulted because I stayed consulting for Springboard. And I also consulted for the Seed Boarding School. Uh, which is based in D.C., but they also have, it's the first uh, charter boarding school here in Miami. Uh, If you don't know of it, I would highly recommend to connect with them and get to know what they're doing. Um, And that is a true concept that I believe, that whole entire uh, concept of the overall 24-hour wraparound program for students, that is huge and essential for many students, and it works, and it gets to make sure that they get to college. Um, And then after that experience, I realized that government relations is huge. Like you need to be part of the government and part of politics and something I disliked all my life. Like, I'm like, there's no way, don't ask me any question. I'm not even going to talk about politics. Um, but then I really, you, you start seeing your experience. By the time I already have 15 years experience in education, I'm like, you really want to make things happen. You make things, you know, as you, if you're in a classroom as a teacher, you're like the CEO of the classroom. So you're going to be able to touch and impact so many students' lives. But then you start seeing the same trends all over the United States because I opened many after-school programs nationally and you start seeing the same issues over and over and then they're like, you have to make a difference. You have to step out. You have to get a seat on the table wherever you need to make change. And that's where I found an opportunity uh, to get involved with government relations at the WOW Center. Uh, they were in their initiation sta- uh, stages. It's a WOW Center is a center for adults with developmental disabilities. It's beautiful. Must go out there as well if you haven't. Um, and they were looking for someone uh, to do their development, government relations, everything with networking, getting community awareness. And that was back in 2015. And that's where I really got integrated uh, in government relations uh, as part of my full-time job. And uh, from there, I was there about three years. And it was time already, like it was a small center. We served 200 individuals. And I knew that I wanted to go back to the national arena, wanted to go back something that's duplicatable because of the business aspect. I love that. Mm -hmm. And I miss that. Um, And then that's when city year had an opening here. And I, because I work nationally, I I knew this was an amazing national organization. So I jumped on board and I, you know, I thank goodness there was, it was a right fit at the right time. And 
and that's how I ended up at City Year. You know, it, it's interesting to see how the doors opened up for you. I mean, you're one, one thing after the other after the other. It's, it's very interesting. Right. But every experience really prepared me to where I was heading. Right. Uh, if I would have never been in the classroom, I would have never been able to speak to a superintendent mm. or to a teacher on how they could incorporate the after school program in a very innovative way in their school. And I would have never closed the sale. So right. that really is what makes a difference, because how can you sell something that you can't relate to that if they can't even see the connections and you have to make those connections for them? Right. But yeah, you're, you're, you're right. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. And tell us a little bit of what you're doing now at City Year. What is it exactly? What does a regular day look like for you? Sure. It's very busy. So when I used to drive to, to work, <laughs> uh, now it's a little bit different. When I used to drive to work, the first hour of my day, I spend it calling my list of 100 people that I have, like I want to connect with and reconnect with. Uh, when you move a lot, you make so many national connections that people, some people, I'm not going to say everybody, but some people in Miami feel like Miami is everything. And you forget that there's such a huge national network out there. Yeah. So I want to make sure I don't, I don't lose those connections. So I connect with them, make sure that they're doing well. So I always call one or two people on my way to or from work. And uh, now I have to make time for it. And I usually do it midday during lunch uh, for, to connect with them. And I have the list that I go through and the same list that I reach out to when the holidays come. Because those people were pivotal in my stage to get here. Um, so after that, I do, I have, I don't know if you have Microsoft Office. I'm like a Microsoft Office geek. <laughs> so I, I look at my, at my week and I make sure I put focus time as well, at least two hours a day. Sometimes with meetings, especially now, like they get taken off, uh, which is not good. But the focus time really allows me to have creative time, which I need. It allows me to catch up and it allows me not to get burned out, which that's mm -hmm. super important. And, and then I start meeting with my team. That's what I do Monday mornings. Make sure I have my one-on-ones with my team, get them set, make sure that they have all the resources they need to succeed for the week. And then we have our, it's meeting really, meeting after meeting. Yeah, after that, I, I make sure I go down to my to-do list. Also in Microsoft Office, there's a to-do list task. And I make sure I go through them. I put deadlines to them that I'm meeting them. Um, I'm a very goal-oriented person. So that task allows me to do it. Every day in development changes. Uh, if you have a donor that calls, or maybe right now we're looking at micro campaigns, how do you create small campaigns that you're not only helping your nonprofit, but you're also helping the community. So we partner with Books and Books to do a book drive. And that was great because everybody that donates, not only is it donating and funding Books and Books, but also giving books to the students and giving funds to the local nonprofits. So you're helping three organizations in one. Nice. Um, so uh, yeah, you need that time. I need that time now to be creative and create those, uh, you know, those new concepts that we're going to have to deal with the pandemic. Right. That's interesting. Awesome. Yeah. Out of, out of everything you just said right now, I think the one thing that I love the most is what you said in the beginning about what you, you keep your connections close, right? That you, you call one or two people, you have a list of 100, 200, whatever it is, but you call a couple a day just, you know, to see how they're doing, see how their day is going. Um, and that's something I think that a lot of people don't do enough of, right? I feel like during this whole pandemic, during the quarantine, um, I've actually had the chance. I mean, we've all had such an abundance of time, right? That we, I, I've taken on to, to call a couple of buddies of mine from high school um, that I haven't spoken with in, in a long time. And, and you never know what, what doors they, those people can open, open for you, right? So I love that you mentioned that because I feel like that's something that is so undervalued right now that people really need to take on. and 
and take advantage of. And I think Anthony and I, we spoke with, a, with our mentor a couple weeks ago and he was, he was telling us that your, your network is, is kind of like a toolbox, right? You can always just reach back and, and take what you need and, uh, and, and they can open so many uh, opportunities for you. You can talk to, you know, a doctor about certain diagnoses or a CPA about numbers. Like that's something that they can break down for you in a matter of minutes, where as if you were to try to do it on your own, it would take you so much longer. Right. And I think like you mentioned, your network, it, it was pivotal to where you are today. And I, for everyone listening, I think you should really take this advice and, and take advantage of your, your network and your connections. Right. And it's not only like, for example, LinkedIn is a great example of that, right? I think people use it and they start adding people and start adding people. And that's not also a good thing to do because that's really a network that you could go to for professional advice when you need something. So you want to make sure you really have those true connections. Um, and that's something right now I'm trying to like even think like, how do you make new connections on LinkedIn without adding them? And I am reaching out to them. Like, I would love to add you. And it's not of anything. I'm extremely humble, but I would love to meet with you in a Zoom meeting or a Teams meeting before we even add each other to see what value add can we have in our lives. Mm. Because if you don't know how to leverage your relationships and connections, you really can't help each other. Mm. You know, you, you really can. And that's where you get to know the person per se. And that's why I always do the phone calls or the checkups. Because in those conversations is when they might tell you, you know, I'm having a difficult time trying to, you know, get a meeting with, you know, the school board member in Ohio. And I'm like, hold on. Like, I know this person. Like, see, and I always say anybody now, especially without a job, like I say, just go to my LinkedIn page, look whoever I have a connection with or someone that you may have a connection with or that works there. And I may have one and we'll put the dots together, but you need to have a strong relationship, a real one, no, like an authentic right. one. To make an ask, you you shouldn't always be calling people just to do an ask. You should be authentically building those relationships without a need for anything throughout the years. Right, and looking for where you can add value to people, right? Absolutely. And, and every you can add value to people's life in different ways. People need different things, so it's really before I think reaching out to them, it's really looking. Okay, how what do they like? How can I be of an asset to them? And then attacking it that way. And like you said just now anything in return right right if you expect something in return that's where you lose so it's about just giving giving and then you'll you'll yeah, receive at some absolutely point. i mean it's yeah it's physics no like i really i believe in that um and yeah. and the thing is that when you give something to someone whether that person appreciates it or not or really it's not it's not a, like it's not something that you should be you be should be concerned with but it's such a gratification to be able to help someone get to get a job or get get an interview or to be able to connect with someone that they've been having a difficult time connecting I think that's just a beautiful thing, you know? So yeah, with no expectations whatsoever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now switching gears a little bit here. Uh, my next question for you, Dr. Abraham is what would you tell your 19 year old self if you could go back in time? I know a lot of us, I mean, we're Gabriel and I are young, but if I can go back and tell my 12 year old self something, I would, I'm curious to know, what would you tell your 19 year old self? Got to get involved in politics sooner. That's what mm. I would have said. I would have said walk, walk campaigns, uh, even though you don't like it, meet people, uh, don't have an assumption of what you think it is or isn't uh, based on other people's opinion, because there's so many great politicians and legislators uh, helping us and, and, and really, really caring about our community that I wish I would have had a more of an open mind to government relations. Mm, that's so good. Yeah, a lot of our guests, I mean, that's Every, every guest that we ask that question has a different answer to it, right? Some people save more money. Some people, you know, get involved with something uh, sooner. 
And, you know, with that comes, you know, a lot of responsibility, right? I'm sure you've been on so many different teams with so many different successful people. This is also a question that we ask almost all of our guests, um, if not all. Um, but it's, it's something that Anthony and I always struggle with in the beginning. That It was one of the reasons why we started this podcast in the first place, um, because we had so many questions like this one, um, which is how do you define success? right? A lot of people ask this question and a lot of them have different definitions. Some of them have monetary values connected to them. Some of them might have titles to them. Um, you know, some people have to be a CEO making six figures to consider themselves successful. Um, I'm curious to know what, what is your definition of success? Uh, my, it's creating impact in other people's lives. Um, I think perhaps because of my education background, uh, when, you know, I've spoke to a student of mine, 35, and last week and then another one that's 30 and you know when I see them going through their career and seeing the impact that I had as an educator something that I said that was just very you know just typical just a typical authentic conversation that created and made that shift in their mindset to achieve their goal and feel that they didn't have any boundaries to 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 themselves be successful I think that's important I think creating impact throughout your life it's it's very successful that you know the money can't buy that so you can have money but then you're it's, it's you know it's like playing a game right like you play and then you win and then you're like okay i'm already bored of the game i finished yeah. but if it's one of those games that continues and continues and you're creating impact like monopoly and you continue like getting houses and then you can like build condos and then you continue growing you know you're building impact and and, and you have momentum throughout your life you won't get bored uh, you feel like there's never like a moment that you've reached it. And then you're like, okay, so what's next? So when it comes to money and when it comes to a title or anything like that, you eventually will achieve it, but then you'll still not be satisfied um, emotionally. That's what I have my experience that I felt. But when you create impact, like it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful to share the, see the ripples of hope of, of people. That's something City Year talks about, about ripple stories. And that's really something that uh, I feel ha signifies success to me personally. Absolutely. People always remember how you make them feel, right? Absolutely. That, that feeling, even years ago, people still remember how you made them feel. And I'm sure as an educator, yes. that's what you want to do. You want to have that, yes. you want to leave them with that feeling. Yes, absolutely. Teachers do that. I mean, pros and cons, right? Like there's some teachers that are good and some teachers that are bad. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just how it is, like bosses or anything else. Uh, but yeah, that feeling that you give to someone, that's just great. And sometimes you have someone that you might not like, but that person, um, perhaps, uh, shows you or identifies a trigger that helps you really look internally and say, you know what, they, that makes sense. And you change someone's life completely. And then like five or 10 years down the road, they might thank you. But, um, yeah, significance and impact is huge. Oh, I yeah. feel this is successful. Yeah, and genuine too. When when the teachers and the educators actually mean it, that's when that's the impact. Yes. I was gonna say it's funny you mentioned that because I looking back now uh, as a college student, some of my teachers when I was in middle school, even high school, that I may have not liked at that time, are probably some of the ones that have impacted me the most, right? And it, and it's funny to say that because you know at that time you're like, oh man, why did she give me that grade? Why is she saying this? And then. You look back now, you know, I'm 20 years old and I'm like, wow, when I was 16 and my English teacher failed me on that test, now I know, now I know why, you know, why she did that. I know the purpose behind it. It was something bigger than just a grade. It was something bigger than herself. And to your point, educators, 
today have such a big impact on on the students and the the next generation right because you know we're the ones going through school we're the ones really learning and they're the ones propelling us in that direction so good point on that right and as leaders too right if you're managing a team if you're if you're leading others you know you have to give constructive criticism which is very hard for so many people to take uh but to have that authenticity and genuine that they could give you constructive feedback and you could give to them that's where you really are able to move forward as a team or as as an organization as a startup uh, you have to have that genuine authenticity to be able to have constructive criticism to move forward otherwise you would be arguing a lot a lot and it'll have a lot of tension or you fail like you had done in the class and then you realize gosh this taught me a lesson the next time i need to work harder because that leader or that teacher seeing the potential that you have and, mm. and they're seeing so much and they're like, no, this person, you know, like they, they could be so much bigger or they, they could grow so much in this class. And anyways, but so to me, I, I a hundred percent agree with what you said. A lot of our listeners are in that age group of 18, 19, early twenties. And that's, it's a very critical point of our lives where a lot of students or friends of mine are, are confused, right? They don't know what they want to do yet. Uh, they don't know what they want to pursue. They feel like they haven't done anything or they're not making it big time in their words. What advice would you give those kinds of students who may feel a little lost or don't have their passion or don't feel like they have a purpose in life? So um, I, I would recommend number one, like getting to a lot of in like uh like self-help books or something that's going to really help you i think some books i could recommend is the pilgrimage and the alchemist by paolo golo awesome okay. awesome books uh which talk about the journeys through life and how every single person and place that you go to and people that you meet ultimately are part of your journey and to your to the end result and another one is purpose-driven life that book is amazing. Uh, I, there was a point that I wanted to leave education and that I said, I'm done, like, I'm done. Like, you can't change this. You can't really, there's just, it is a system, you know, you're going against it. And I read the purpose driven life took six months out. Um, and, and I said, I'm going back to education. That's when I decided I'm going to the government relations side, uh, because you need time for reflection. So if you are in college right now and you're like, not sure, I would say to take a gap year. Uh, that's what I believe also in city year. So we have a gap year. It's like, you know, your junior year, sophomore year, senior year, and like, or, um, and city year. It's a year of service. So whether you do a year of service or do a year of internship, if you think uh, you like to, you want to be a politician, go and serve, you know, in a campaign. If you think you're going to be a doctor, serve, you know, do an internship with a primary care physician or an orthodontist or whomever. I think mm -hmm. those internships are really pivotal that time when you step back and you're like let me try it before you you know spend an entire two years or four years in a career that it's not gonna even gonna be worth it and you spend all this money um so definitely like step back and analyze and and take time to try things out before you commit to them mm, that's good with with that being said um this is something i just thought of right now the, this isn't one of the questions we sent you i'm kind of throwing you in the fire here but We've had a lot of friends that they um, they might want to start businesses. Anthony and I were both very entrepreneurial. I have a business of my own. Some people, especially today in, in today's society, they might not think that school is for them, right? They think that you know it's a bad investment. You know they come out negative in debt, whatever the case is. What do you say to that? What What are your thoughts on that? Do you think school is for everyone? No, I, I think 
everyone has a different journey in life. I, I love education. I, I believe I, I, the, the experience and, uh, and the reason I am where I'm at today is because of my education and my background. But there are so many people that are talented in other things that they just need a, a degree, a certificate, you know? So that's where I feel that you really should invest in what you feel you're good at. Sometimes it's, um, the thing, yeah, it's, it's also individualized. So I feel that if, in high school, if that were to, if they were to be advised correctly, that they would have chosen that journey, not just like you're by default going to college. You mm. know, maybe you need to just take like to, a, you know, a certificate course to be able to do something, or maybe you could just go into a business, but you're always having to learn. So let's say, for example, what you guys are doing and you finish your, you're always need to be, you need professional development. Mm -hmm. Then that's when, when you're in the business, that's where you're like, okay, where is it that I'm missing something? You're like, well, I want to grow a business. I need to do a business plan. Well, you probably are going to need to take some classes in order how to create your business plan and sell it. If you want to do like, if you want to go to a venture capitalist or like a, an angel investor and sell your concept. You, so you do need some education, but it depends on what you want to pursue. Mm. So I don't think education is for everyone, but it is a very huge stepping stone. So if you're unsure, I automatically say take a gap year, intern, not just mean be lazy because it's not. It's a lot mm -hmm. of work to get an internship. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of work to get connections. It's a lot of work to invest free, like not getting paid to doing something that you might like. And mm -hmm. then from there, pivot and say, okay, what certificates, what degrees are going to take me to where I need to be in order to do this job? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, I think it's a, exactly what you said, trying different things, you know, intern here, intern there, shadow, maybe shadowing works too. I've right. shadowed before that works. Yeah. Um, and then just trying different things and figuring out what you like and then kind of go in that direction. Um, but like, but like yourself, you had your, for, to use you as an example, you had so many different kinds of jobs that led you to where you are today. One propelled you for the next one, the other propelled you for the next one. And then here you are today. Right. And all of them, I was learning. So when I stopped learning, I'm like, okay, I'm done. Like, there's no reason for me to stay in this job. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Because, because the reality is that if you are not learning, if you're not growing and you're, even though you're still adding value, you're still not adding value to yourself. So, right. so it's important in my, I believe it's important not to be content be for, for what a routine may, or, you know, you might mistake in the routine for being successful. Are you like, Hey, I've made it. Like, you know, I am, you know, the title or I own a company or I sold a company, you barely hear anyone that has sold one company that they're not ready to go and create an event and sell another company. It's just, that's a, a go-getter mentality, the, the, right. the drive to be a long life learner. Um, so yeah, there's always something to learn, even though you don't go to decide not to go to college. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, back to your point, I think people confuse like, going to school with learning. You know, like, I feel like a lot of people think in, in order to learn, they need to go to school, right? But there's so many things. I mean, you learn every day if you're going, especially if you're starting that business, if you're starting that blog, whatever you, it is that you're doing, you're learning through the process, whether it's from mistakes or from mentors or from whatever it is, but you're always learning, right? You don't necessarily need to be sitting in front of a classroom in front of a teacher to be learning, to, to be making those, those mistakes. You can do that, you know, with different avenues. Um, taking... Absolutely. Yeah, taking a little, uh, you know, a little left turn here, you you have definitely worked with many professionals in in your in your career, especially in the education uh, industry. Being part of the board of trustees at Miami Dade, 
I'm sure you've been p- part of, of many boards. Is there, has there ever been a time in your life? And if there was, what did you do? If there was any, a, a time in your life where you didn't necessarily see eye to eye with your peers, um, they didn't really align with your vision. Um, how did you, how did you handle that situation or how did you, cause you're in a professional setting, right? It's very difficult to, to cross lines, cross boundaries, but how did you handle that situation? So, I mean, I think I love diverse opinions. I love discussions. I love to hear other people's point of view. I think one of my first initial experiences, and I'll answer that question, was when I was at Regent University. It's a Judeo-Christian school. And in my master's program, there's so many people with different religions, strong, that want to convince you and evangelize, like, this is the religion that you need to be, you know, part of. And because of those discussions, how I grew as a person, understanding that it's okay to have different opinions, uh, but it really deepens your faith in what you believe in. Uh, that's what I love, you know, to, an- to go back to answer your question. When, when somebody and I, when we disagree, I really love to hear what their why, right? Like, what is their why? Like, why is it that they're stating this thing? Why is it that they believe that way? Sometimes it's just people's opinions. You know, and I think at the re- at the end of the day, I think everybody's just figuring life out and things out as they go. There's nothing set in stone, you know. But when you listen to other people's opinions, you really start broadening your horizons and your mentality and, and open to different possibilities. Um, I just think at times people go in thinking this is the only way. So then that's why you never meet in the middle. There's no, there's no compromising. Um, yeah, I don't, there's times that you leave, a, whether a boardroom or you leave a, 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 a team meeting and nothing is solved because everybody is in disagreement. Sometimes you need to take some time off. Um, and sometimes that's where experience, I believe, comes in. You have to go through your experience, through your innate and gut feelings to make decisions. I usually, when I am in, in, a, in a situation where everybody's disagreeing and they're not sure, I usually go to my go-to mentors or you know, to the people that, that I, that I go to for advice and say, okay, this is what we're going through. What would you do differently? You know me well, like, how would you think I should handle the situation? And that allows me to, in in a non, because a lot of people get defensive when you start getting, you know, not agreeing, that allows in a non-defensive way to really look at a broader scope and make the right decision for the organization or make the right decision for the college or make the right decision for whomever. I always seek advice at all times. If there's confrontation, I don't want my, I don't believe my opinion is the last, you know, albeit opinion because all of your experiences um, are, have, have value. Mm-hmm. And maybe the way you're seeing it is you know, even my kids, my kids, sometimes they say things and it's such a simple solution. And I'm like, gosh, like, why didn't I think of that? You know, and so with that being said, it's like everybody has an opinion, a way of seeing things. So I'm very open-minded. However, with experience and with business decisions, I think experience by far many times outweighs it because you've already made those mistakes. Think of somebody starting a podcast now and you're in a room and you guys are disagreeing of how way that you should only have people with you present to do the podcast. That's like the best way to do it. Cause that's the way you're going to network. That's a way. And you're like, hold on, no, no, hold on. We've already done that. This is what happened. Look at our growth. Look at the numbers. You start analyze, analyzing data. Now your experience is of value. And that when you're making business decisions, sometimes it's not about 
who's right or is wrong. It's about who has had experience that you've gone through that mm-hmm. so you could walk or move the group through it, you know? That's such a great answer. I'm wondering, how long did it take you to to have that all put together, that mindset of how to go about uh, not seeing eye to eye? Was that something like as soon as you started, a couple of years? No, a lot of like uh, hard hits, you know, because <laughs> I'm, I'm a very go-getter and I have uh, like, I think this is the way it needs to be. But honestly, that experience at Regent University, when I, when I thought the only thing was you're Catholic or Presbyterian, like both, I was raised in a Presbyterian school when my parents were Catholic. So I'm like, that's the only religion, everything else, <laughs> like there's, doesn't exist. Um, and being able to see like every single religion, how beautiful everybody came together and like, and that it's okay. And that, you know, everybody's path is their own path. Yeah. It allows you to open your mind and, and, and listen and really listen. Interesting. That's really good. Well, um, to wrap it up here, I know you, you have 20 years of experience, um, but I'm sure you have a lot more to go. Um, and you have so much ready to bring to the table. You've added so much value. Um, but what's next for you? What's next for Dr. Abraham? No, I would have never guessed I would have been where I'm at today, even two years ago, or like, you know, where my journey is. I always felt follow my passion. And, uh, and I believe that if I'm making a difference, going back to the impact, if I'm making a difference and I'm, I'm still learning, that eventually my course of life and my experience will take me where I need to be. Um, and it goes also back to being so set and being an orthodontist that I was like, this is the only thing I'm going to be. I did not look anywhere else but orthodontist. And I really lost three years of my life that I could have been shadowing. I could have been interning. I could have been looking at different experiences that other people had advice for, but I didn't. I was so stubborn in that going and reaching the orthodontist that I don't, I've never after that experience, I, I don't want it, um, like blindfolds life to the opportunities uh, because opportunities present themselves and when they do and feel that it's the right fit and you feel it and you're experienced and you could add value and all that then yeah then that's it but otherwise keep on making a difference be uh, as good as a mother as I can for my kids and be the mom that they need I think that's huge and um, yeah come continue creating an impact in other people's lives that's awesome. And where can our listeners find you? Are you on LinkedIn, social media? Or where can they reach you? LinkedIn. I'm not really good at Twitter. I just like read it. I'm not really like, I don't have the time okay. to like continue answering back. Uh, but LinkedIn is fine. Call me, email me. I mean, in LinkedIn, all my information is there. Uh, very accessible. Love to talk, love to reach out if they need advice or anything like that, or to connect them with anyone. Uh, that's good too. You know, like I, I believe in the power of connection that we've talked about before. Um, but before I connect, I would always want to know what is the, you know, what is the base of the meeting because people are busy. Uh, but we love, we love to help anyone that needs it, especially in the college as a representative, as a board of trustee. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us today and adding so much value. We're going to be airing this episode soon. And I'm sure our listeners can't wait for us to air this with them. Uh, and thank you for what you're doing for education. We appreciate it. Thank you guys. Thanks for doing this. I think this is great, great uh, startup mentality, very innovative, go-getting, fantastic job that you guys have done through the entire pandemic, putting this together and providing great wealth of information to the students.
What's up, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Mindset Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed hearing from one of Miami's finest, Dr. Abraham. She added so much value to the conversation today on how to properly steward your network and if college is the right fit for you. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share it with your friends and family and even consider leaving us a review. It helps so much. Have a great rest of your week. Take care.